Welcome, New Jersey Devil fans. It is your host, Bill Botch, and welcome to the Trap Podcast. It is December 21st, and the Devils have dropped six in a row now after losing to the Carolina Hurricanes and giving up first place in the Metro Division last night. And we got a special guest on the podcast today. So um, me and this guy ran into each other at... uh, at the Prudential Center a couple times. We shot the shit for a little bit, and we figured we'd have him on. So I'd like to welcome the Brat Pack to the show. Hey, how's it going, man? Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, bro. What's going on? Nothing much. Uh, I mean, we're on a bit of a skid here. Life is rough out here, but <laughs> but we're living, and, and I'm happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, me too. So the Devils have obviously, um, they're having a rough go of it, and the real question is, is it time to start panicking? You know, that is the, the, the million-dollar question. I think there's a reasonable level of panic that we can engage in here, uh, but the sky is not falling either. Um, I, I think it's okay to lose a couple games and, and look at some things and, and, and reevaluate where we can fine-tune some things, but I don't think we need to you know panic in the form of, running out and making trades or you know giving up on the season entirely so you know there, there's a, a little bit of panic you know that that we can engage in here but I, I some of the stuff I've seen has been absolutely ridiculous yeah and I and I think our fan base in general is extremely sensitive um, and very insecure and very um, you know they see us winning and they're very they're scared to jump in because they've been hurt so much so recently that I kind of get it a little bit. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, like, yeah, I mean, you see, like, one of the guys that we could talk about right from the get-go is Damon Severson. And obviously, Severson had that gaffe in the – in the Philly game, we gave up the puck. After Lindy Ruff said, hey, listen, like, all we need you guys to do in the third period is go out there – play your game and just don't turn the puck over and we should win this game. Yeah. And um and obviously he made he made a he made a, a bonehead play which he's kind of known for. He's made a bunch of bonehead plays <laughs> a little bit. But he also makes a lot of good stretch passes. He's pretty good. Um he could he could run a power play. It's he's a big dude who plays right side defenseman as far as right-handed defenseman go in the league. He's pretty awesome for a third pairing guy. And he's our longest tenured devil. And to see Ruff really kind of give it to him, they sat him. And there was a part of me that actually thought that, you know, maybe he Ruff wanted to prove a point, obviously. And it looks like Severson's mm-hmm. going to, he's not going to be here at the end of the year anyway, because I don't think they're going to want to pay him. But there is a large part of our, getting back to our fan base, our fan base that was so pissed with him. And, so over the top with them that they want to run this guy out of town and yeah. I kind of thought that maybe rough sitting him for the night on top of making an example out of him maybe kind of had him save face a little bit by not facing the boo birds and and dealing yeah. with and dealing with um, you know our home crowd what, what do you make a Severson um, since he's you know the whole situation since they since Lindy uh, made him a healthy scratch. You know I like Damon Severson, and I know I get absolutely you know crucified on Twitter for saying that, but I don't even think we need to justify him with saying he makes a few stretch passes here and there, and you know is is okay on the power play. Like I think he's a good defenseman. I think what he does is his job, and. You know, for every 99% of the time that he plays super well, those 1% is just catastrophically bad. And I get that. I know he's famous for these, you know, big, grand bonehead plays. And I'm not excusing them. They're bad. Uh, You know, the turnover to the Flyers was at a terrible time. And, you know, we really needed to be safe in that instance. But I don't think he's a bad player. And I think this... You know, idea that he's some defensive scapegoat that he's the root of all of our problems is so ridiculous. So I think the benching, you know, if if Ruff had said to him before he went out on the ice, "Hey, don't do anything stupid this time. Just get the puck in deep. Like, don't try to do anything fancy." And then he went out and did that. 
I understand coach has to bench coach coach has to make that statement but the idea that he's a healthy scratch because he's you know the 7d and he's not good enough and makes too many mistakes it's preposterous I, I i think it's ridiculous i'm happy to see him back in the lineup i think he's better than the alternative uh i think brendan smith could sit a few games for kevin ball i think kevin ball has earned a spot you know over there so I, I hate blaming Severson for stuff. I think there's a lot of guys that could get healthy scratched above him right now during this losing streak. So if you're coming to Dave and Severson for this, you are just misguided and you misplacing your anger. Yeah, I would agree. I think I, I don't think you're seeing the game correctly. And like you said, he, he you know, he's going to everybody makes plays that, you know, everybody has mista- makes mistakes, but yeah. he he his strength and being able to rely on him on the back end and the overall scheme of things farly outweighs the mistakes that he he makes. Um, I think it was I think it was a, a philosopher that said everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those days. Do you remember who said that? Um, it wasn't Lindy Ruff. I know that. No, it was Miley Cyrus. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you there. I had yeah, to get that one in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and and um. But Severson came in like a wrecking ball uh, last night. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and I, I think I think Severson played a hell of a game, and it was a real big rebound game for him last night, despite the Devils losing. Yeah. Um, and it was it was good to see him involved. There is a part of me that kind of like feels. It, it like a little cringeworthy that like the fan base like really wants to run this guy out of town after he's been here and the Devils have yeah. done Damon Severson zero favors in the past you know however long he's been here he's played like over 500 games and it's like what what team have we ever surrounded him with that it's had a, a chance to succeed so right it, it's it's kind of sad to see it go down that way but it, it clearly looks like that and one of the guys that you just brought up that I can't go I can't go another minute without talking about is Brendan <laughs> Smith. And Brendan Smith to me is just I, I'm serious. I like I like rip my hair out watching him play <laughs> because the guy literally gives up I don't know, a half a dozen to eight odd man rushes per game. He's slow, he's caught flat footed in trying to hop into the play offensively, which yeah. the guy's played in literally 30... Let me look, he's played in 31 games, and he has two points all all season. It's like he's yeah. so... He's got two points on the season, he's constantly jumping into the play, and he leads the team in penalties. It's like, we know what Brendan Smith was. Like, the guy's been around a long time. Right. If you don't know if you're a defenseman or if you can play forward, unless you're insanely talented, like a young Brent Burns or something, that means that you're not really good at either position. And right. all this, all the accolades and all the pats on the back that I give Tom Fitzgerald for the amazing moves that he's made regarding teams that are cap-strapped and John Marino and everybody else that he's brought in, yeah. when we signed Brendan Smith for two years – like one year would have been one thing, but for two years, I, I kind of cringed to myself and I said, oh, geez, I hope he sees something that I don't. But we know what he is. And I'd love right. to see a kid like, I think Kevin Ball is as good as, Kevin, as Brendan Smith literally right now. Yeah. And, and Kevin Ball has a, a ceiling to where Kevin Ball has two points in six games. So why not let this kid make the mistakes that Brendan Smith's going to make, knowing that at least he can progress and continue to build on his game and be a part of the future down the line? Yeah, you know what? For Kevin Ball, it's the climb. And uh, when he gets up you know, into that spot, it's going to be a party in the USA. So... <laughs> uh, no, I mean, he, I think he's just as good as Brendan Smith is now. I don't think there's – I think that's one of the more egregious, you know, things coming from Ruff these days. And last season I went on this big, big rant on, you know, things that we get mad at coaches for versus what is actually coaching. Where, you know, if they lose a couple games in a row but their shooting percentage is way down, is that coaching or is that a struggling team? You know, so you got to evaluate. Is it Ruff's fault? Is it not Ruff's fault? But some of the things like lineup decisions, which are 100% Ruff's decisions, you know, we, we can evaluate in a vacuum of coaching. And I think one of Ruff's biggest slights right now 
is Brendan Smith over Kevin Ball. I think Kevin Ball has done everything correctly um, in the time that he's gotten. I think Brendan Smith has done a lot incorrectly in the time that he's gotten. Um, you know, so we're gonna we're gonna throw another Miley Cyrus song at Brendan Smith. Seven things I hate about you. There's just so many. <laughs> like he just he just. The worst is the penalties, though. He needs to stop taking penalties. I don't care if you're invisible, as people like to call it on the ice. Like, I don't care if you're not the best defender. I don't care if you don't really score points. Stop handicapping the team by taking penalties. When you are in the box, it hurts the rest of the team. And that is such a deal breaker to me, and I can't believe he has such a long leash with that. Yeah, he's gotten – I could not agree more, and I feel like it's not fair to Severson that he's constantly put in weird positions and odd man rushes and everything else. Um, yeah, he, he to me, he's by far the weakest link on the team. Um, and, and this isn't a bashing episode. I'm just going on how we can we, – we're on a six-game losing streak, and these are, I think – decisions that could be made to possibly whether it's add a little heaviness to our game or just maybe switch some things around make people accountable um now one of the guys who i also think you know we've given him a a serious chance and he he's having a tough time is is jesper boquist he's played in 26 games yeah he's got four points in 26 games he now his whole thing is he's supposed to add off his game is adding offense to the team so he doesn't play heavy he can't kill penalties he does not he's not a guy you're going to throw out on the ice to guard a a one goal lead in the third period he's not really great along the boards sure if you can't score or you don't have speed or at least create scoring opportunities for other people like this isn't his first go of it like they're given right a, a little bit of an extra leech both quest has been in the league for we're going on like four years up and down between the AHL and the NHL. It's like, is it time to bring in Tice Thompson? Um, it's time to bring in someone. I, I don't I don't know what the answer there is. I know I like Tice Thompson a lot. I would love to see Tice Thompson come up. Um, I know uh, Graham Clark is also having a really good season down there. So I don't I don't really mind quite as much who it is, but. At the beginning of the season, the mantra from Fitzgerald was constant evaluation, right? Earn your spot every night. And if you're not earning your spot every night, we're going to find someone who will earn their spot. Competition, constant evaluation. That was the name of the game this summer. So, Boquist came in early season, you know, looked really good in preseason, looked really good off the rip, and it was like, okay, he's, he's earned his spot here. But lately, I don't think he's continuously earning his spot so you know send him down to the ahl for a little bit and jesper bocas we'll see you again by miley cyrus so like you know i wouldn't worry too much about it like you can always earn that spot back um but it's like you know with alex holtz like we can't stop we won't stop uh by miley cyrus um but with Boquist, we, we can afford to you know send him down for a little bit. And he, he can kind of bob back and forth and rear in that spot or whatever. But on a losing streak like this, you got to try something different. And I know we have a roster freeze right now, so I don't mean literally right now. But overall, Tice Thompson, Graham Clark, you know, even if Nolan Foote looks decent, I know he looked terrible in the preseason or um, training camp. So, you know, this isn't me strongly advocating for him to get another look, but you got to switch something up. Boquist is just not not working out right now. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, they're playing Holtz with Boquist and Sharon Govich and and obviously Holtz has gotten a little bit longer of a leash uh, with, I would think, I don't know. I feel like, you know, being picked seventh overall and knowing that he has talent, they're trying to like maybe get him going somehow. And Sharon Govich and Holtz both looked awful with that. I mean, that line of Boquist, Holtz, and Sharon Govich was brutal. I mean, yeah, that was terrible. They, I mean, they basically couldn't play him and they had to run. They rolled three lines. Um, and now they're, you know, they played Sharon Govich with Hughes the other night and he looked like he was a lot more involved in the game. And, you know, I don't think it's fair to anybody when it's, you know, it's, right. it makes the game a lot harder when you're rolling three lines. And, and that means that they're, um, 
we we really prided ourselves on having four really strong lines. I mean that yeah. W line was awesome. I, I didn't realize that losing Bastion was gonna be such a blow to the team. You know what? I I have a trouble with that one because I understand the importance of rolling four lines, but I really think Bastion went down at wrong place, wrong time. I really don't think him going down is really the the cause of all our problems as well. And I think people are just trying to pin it on one thing when it's a lot of things happening at once. So losing that fourth line definitely sucked. Like, I'm not going to say it didn't suck, but at the same time, you know, plugging another guy in with McLeod and Wood shouldn't have derailed the whole team the way it did so you know it's not like three lines just stopped functioning because bastion went out on the fourth you know no i know and what's crazy is it's unfortunately for us it's it's been our best players have been a little defunct too and and that's been to me yeah the finishing hasn't been there you obviously see the shoot the shooting percentage is way down compared to when we were on our 13 on our 13 game winning streak and right i gotta ask you about your boy i mean brad's <laughs> having a rough go of it dude it's been like 15 games and i think he's got two goals in 15 games and yeah and not just him but but also nico nico has not looked like himself over the past you know i'd say probably eight games yeah what what, what do you attribute that to what do you think is going on with that well, you know, the Devils live and die by their top three. Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, and Jesper Bratt at, you know, at this time. Jack Hughes is Jack Hughes. He can't be tamed by Miley Cyrus. Um, but Nico Heischer and Jesper Bratt, they had a really, really strong start. And, you know, the past 10 games or so, they have not looked themselves. The issue I have with it, and and... You know, if this streak goes long enough that they really just have like a poor rest of the season, you know, I'll eat my words here and I'll, and I'll double back on this. Uh, you know, I can double back harder than you, you've ever seen. But, um, you know, even good players have bad streaks. Look at some, you know, a regular good player, like pick any good player. Look at, you know any season random season in their career they don't even have great seasons every season it happens I'm, I'm not like super worried about it what i am worried about is the way that they're playing in terms of you know the confidence the things they're trying to do and i don't think either of them are incompetent players like i don't think they've turned into bad players no but they're not playing with the same confidence and they're not playing, you know, the way that we want them to be playing to how they got all their points. So I think I want to say it's more of a mental thing than anything. I don't think they're regressing as players in terms of like skill. So I think it's unfair to speak about these guys as if they just had a hot start and they're not that good. I think they are as good as their start and it's a long season. It's catching up with them already. They got to, you know, they got to figure it out. That That's really the bottom line is they have to figure it out. Whatever mental block they're having right now, they've got to figure it out. And I have faith in them to do it. I don't know how long it's going to take. Hopefully it doesn't take too much longer here, but it is what it is. You know, when you have players like that, sometimes slumps happen. We just got to hope for the best here. <laughs> you know, that's really all there yeah, is no, to it. Yeah, no, I don't I don't think they're they're bad or getting worse or anything like that. I mean, Nico Heischer, I think is just I think he's going to be a Selkie finalist, you know. Oh yeah. It, uh, very soon, probably, I mean, maybe not this year, but maybe next year or something down the line. I think and I think Jesper Bratt obviously has a insane amount of skill and drives play and everything else it's just weird that all of a sudden it kind of just hit them like a wall it feels like you know to me personally it felt like that like ranger game for some reason like sucked the life out of them that when they were up by two goals and lost in overtime but you know there is no way to tell so there it, right it's kind, it's kind of pointless to to continue to harp on it but we need to get nico going we need to get brack going they need to get – Siegenthaler has not looked the same over the past two weeks. Um, this All of our strong defensive defensemen have been not looking truth. great. It's the truth. So th- I know that they were talking about possibly maybe, um, you know, mixing the, de- the defense up and changing defensive partners for tonight's game, which tonight's game is going to be really interesting. I mean – I think this is I'm looking at this in the way to where Florida is obviously going to come out and they're going to play extra heavy after right. what happened with Barkov and Nico and whatnot and 
this seems like to me like a good opportunity for a team that's on a skid that's had a tough go of it for the past two and a half weeks to where you know that this team is going to go after one of your star players or yeah. play very heavy against you. You guys all stick together and go out there, and maybe some guys that are not used to playing a physical game or right. maybe even dropping the gloves go out there and stand up for one another right. and maybe grind a tough game out and build something off of that and build some some tightness within the locker room off of that and move forward um, for the big games for Boston that we have coming up. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're playing down south. We want a chippy game. Let's make it a hoedown throwdown. Uh, by Miley Cyrus, um, but no, seriously, I, I think I tweeted it earlier. Um, look for guys like Wood, McLeod, you know, similar guys like that, like you know the 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 bottom six, scrappier guys. I really want to see something from them. It's and we started to see. I mean, even Brendan Smith. If you're going to start, you know, playing the way he's been playing and taking penalties and whatnot, make it count. Make it worth it. You know, um, I really, really want to see something and and. Anyone listening to this who's ever heard anything I've ever said before knows I am a speed and skill guy over grit and physicality. I think hockey has transformed. I think the way to win games is by scoring goals. And the best way to score goals is speed and skill. I think the whole you know mindset of grit and physicality is overrated. And I don't think it wins hockey games in 2022. I will say this, though. Tonight... I really, I better see it. Like tonight, I am changing my whole like worldview. It needs to happen tonight. You have guys that are gonna go after your captain that think he's you know some dirty scumbag of a player. When it, it you can watch the playback, it, it was an accident. He he fell with his weight you know on his stick on a face off in a natural position. He didn't even try to do anything. He's literally the least scumbag. Yeah, he 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 literally is the nicest guy like in the league. So this idea that they're like out to get him is so ridiculous that if the the rest of the team doesn't respond by kicking some ass, I would legitimately be very disappointed. I think honestly that would be like one of the biggest things tonight that if that doesn't happen, I would you know, lose some respect for this team. I agree. Completely agree. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see what happens. Now, Now, Mackenzie Blackwood's going to start tonight. Is he? Did, uh, do we know that? I, 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 I would think so. I don't know. I, I don't know that. So, I mean, um, but what are, you, what are your thoughts? I mean, Sh- Schmidt just played so sick. I mean... And obviously Blackwood, they can't send him down because they would need him to clear waivers or whatever, and and or or he's, uh, and they can't afford to lose him. Or, but what what is the what do you do when you have three goaltenders? We've never had this problem before. This is new yeah. to us. I mean, so what are your feelings on on the Smid Vanacek, which which we we got to bring up? I mean, Vanacek. I love Vanacek, and he clearly loves being a New Jersey Devil, and he's played right. his ass off for the first, you know, two and a half months of the season. He's, he's, he's regressed a little bit. He's coming back he, down. He's definitely coming back down to earth, which you knew was going to happen at sure. some point. And it's like you're never as good as you are at your peak, and you're never as bad as you are when you're in your valley. You're usually exactly. Between, and I think that that's what's happening. But what do you do? What you know? What is your thought process in this um, three-headed? Uh, goalie tandem that we have and what do you see the future of the devil's uh, crease looking like you know uh, same thing you know with a lot of situations that GMs make versus fan opinion is sometimes things have to happen there's just no choice things have to happen a certain way Blackwood coming back to the Devils was always going to happen. It There was no other option. It was never not going to happen. So fans saying Blackwood coming up, you know, shouldn't have happened. It, it's just wrong. It's just like there is no other way about it. You're just wrong. The idea from there is do we keep three and hope for the best, you know, maybe rotate the three, r- rotate two or who are playing well and – admittedly give you know the two lesser guys less time or do we go back to what we planned before the season with Blackwood and Vanacek have Schmid you know be in the AHL 
be a starter, you know, be starting pretty much every game and, and get his time in. And, you know, we can always call him up. There's no, there's nothing that says we can't call him up at any time. So when you look at Vanishek and Blackwood, if they can at least play well enough to be acceptable, like, you know, league average is, was always the goal here. There's nothing else that makes sense. Having Blackwood and Vanacek in net was always the plan. It's who we have on our roster. And unless you want to sit Schmid down for most of the games, just hoping that one of the other two like messes up enough that he has to go in and, and be relied on a little more, it's just not good asset management. It's not what the, any GM is going to do. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. You are planning for the exception. Like you're planning for the minority chance and you just can't do that. So, you know, we'll react accordingly and bring him up if we have to, but sending him down right now makes the most sense. And it sucks. I, and it sucks. You know, like he, he really did play well and he will get his chance, but it's not right now. And, it's not super egregious that you know we did what we did. No, I I, I completely agree. And now the question is, is Mackenzie Blackwood on this team next year? The great question. It depends on the rest of the year. Uh, this was his prove it year. Um, in getting injured may be the proof. You know that the the question was. One, can he stay healthy? And two, is he up to par? Like, you know, is he good enough? And if the answer to question one is already no, then there's our answer, you know. But if he stays healthy the rest of the season and he shows that the injury didn't affect him enough, that he can still play well for the rest of the season, I don't see why he wouldn't get offered another contract. He's going to be at a reasonable number. He's really looked at as more of a backup now anyway. Um, You know, it is what it is. So. If he plays well the rest of the season, he may get another one-year, two-year contract. If he does not play well the rest of the season, I'd be very surprised to see him on the team next year. I think he kind of takes the Pavel Zaka route, gets a qualifying offer, and then is traded before the season starts. I would not look for him as a deadline trade. I just don't think he's a trade deadline guy. I think they want to see what he has for the rest of the season before they give up on him. But I would not be surprised if he doesn't play super well that he gets his qualifying offer and packaged up you know, on a, as a draft day trade. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a he's a really interesting situation to me. I mean, I think, you know, and I'm I'm not I'm not trying to get into COVID and all that stuff, but that was a weird situation. He was one of the only guys in the league last year, and he wasn't yeah. sure if he was going to be able to play in Canada. And then he switched his agents, which typically means that you might be looking to get moved. And then he was hurt, and then he kind of had an argument with the with the you know, the health staff and stuff. And it's like so he he's kind of. And it's crazy because he he looked great at the beginning of his career. He struggled a little bit, and um, this is an, this is a very important stretch of hockey for him, in my opinion. It, not just for as a devil, but for the rest of his career. So, oh, absolutely. Um, I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious to see what happens with him now. When the last time I ran into you was at the uh, the Devil game the other night, and yeah, we were at American Whiskey, and. The place was freaking the fuck out. People, people were fired. People were fired up. Like, yeah, and it was and I, and there was just a lot of energy, and it was it was awesome to see. And I was and I was like looking around. I was talk, I was talking to one of my buddies, and I was like, "This is like pretty intense right now. I think it's yeah. going to be pretty pretty nuts." And then sure enough, you come walking by, and you're like, "They better win tonight, otherwise this could turn into a shit show in there." And I'm like, "Yeah," and I. That is it. Literally, exactly what I was thinking when I saw you, and you brought that up. Yeah. All right. Here. So wait. Here. So hold up. Yeah. So if the Devils lose tonight, and then we have a game on a Friday night, which obviously people are going to be off for Christmas Eve on a Saturday, and people are going to be in from out of town and, and fired up, and they're going to be fired up. You know the deal. <laughs> and it's like. What happens if the Devils like go down early versus Boston, which is very possible if they don't win tonight? Could we see this fan base literally implode on itself? Um, I mean, I wouldn't expect anything super crazy. I mean, 
and I know the reference here is to the Toronto game. Um, uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm actually that I want to make it clear that I'm not talking about people throwing stuff on the ice. I'm okay. talking about the fan base. Like there was just a lot of energy the other day. Yeah, and, just, I, and, and I was surprised okay. that there, I didn't hear any booze or anything like that. Right, I, right, right, there, right. It, there was some like tension in the air and I wonder yeah my my point is I'm wondering the leash that the fan base has given this team um I think yeah no I think it ends Friday I think if if they lose assuming they lose tonight and we go into Friday and they either go down early or go down by multiple goals I think we're going to hear a lot of booing and I think the uh fire Lindy chants are coming back um yep. you know I think people right or wrong are going to have flashbacks to last year where they go on that win streak and we think this year's different we're going to we're going to be good this year and if we truly lose like 8 9 in a row people are going to say we are the basement team that we've always been right. right or wrong i don't think we are and i think you know if even one or two of these games has you know one different bounce we're having a much different conversation but people are going to go there and people, I mean, people are already there. So we lose tonight. We lose next game against Boston at home. I I would be shocked if that team is not booed off the ice. I know it's so sad to see too, because there was like so much hope and like there was just such a good vibe surrounding the Devils. And actually, you you had a lot to do with it, dude. Like you being involved and and creating and getting the Brat Pack there and getting everybody on the ice and having Jesper Brat out and having well, thank the, you. and having the um the bar stools, uh, the spit and chicklets guys there and stuff like that. Just like the Devils, like had something going on. Everyone was talking about them, our speed, our skill. You know the run that we were on. Um, and, and, and it's like you just see whether you want to call them henchmen, self-proclaimed <laughs> henchmen or whatever you want to call them. They're creeping out of the woodwork now. And, you know, you're getting Mickey Mouse. You're hearing a lot about Mickey Mouse oh, man. And, and, and everything else. And you're like, dude, g- give me a break. Like the team is obviously very talented. Yeah. They play with a ton of speed and they, you know, part of you knew that at some point in the season they were going to have a tough stretch and yeah. they were going to have a rough patch. You like to think that this is it right now. With that said, you can only lo- you can only lose so many games in a row before y- y- it is a problem. Like you're right. you're not that like good teams don't lose 9 games in a row. That just doesn't really happen. So we're fortunate enough to have the 13 game winning streak, but Yeah. Yeah, you you really um you hope that this is the patch where they have to learn to persevere and yeah. band together. And I really believe that tonight might be one of those nights to where you might have to fight your way through the entire game. Right. And you come out the other side and you're and you're you, you have a, a different sense a different bond and a different sense of unity and you're you're ready to start you're ready to reset the whole thing and go on to yeah. the next phase of the season yeah i mean i think that's a really fair evaluation i really hope they win tonight man <laughs> we really need Jeez. it <laughs> my brother and my dad are going down there and my brother's bringing his daughter she's four years old she's really oh, wow. into it um and they're going down there and i was talking to him and he was like and I was like, dude, this could be like a bloodbath tonight. And he was yeah. like, oh yeah, I'm sure she's gonna love that. That should be interesting. But uh, tonight's well, gonna be tonight's gonna be fiery. They just uh, posted that Marino is not playing tonight. He's injured. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. This game's on TNT too. This is a nationally televised. Yeah, you know what? I I really hope they step up, man. Because like I said, there's there's a difference between changing your game to try to be more physical because you think other teams are going to hit hard or whatever. And I'm against that. But when you know, they don't like you for what you did last game again, right or wrong. And they are going to be head hunting. You got to defend yourself. You just got to do. You have to, you know, what? you know who, I mean, how big would Andre Palat be to the team right now? Be huge. He is he, huge. I, I think it's like, I can't believe that this whole losing streak and the whole winning streak. He wasn't even on the team. Happened without him. Like, I mean, he's on the team. You know what I mean? Um, Like, it it seems like he got injured so forever ago that it's almost like 
it's going to be like a new signing when we get him back. You know, it's like it's like we made a trade or signed a free agent just by getting him back. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. And, you know, this idea that we're a different team than last year. Well, we have a major piece that we added over the summer who's been out the whole time. So when he, when we get him back, he's the kind of guy that can pick up the slack when, you know, Jesper and Nico start scoring a little less and they go in a little bit of a slump. He can, you know, Jack doesn't have to be the only guy picking up the slack. So I, I really hope we get him back soon. And it's been about eight weeks since he went out. So they told us eight to ten, and we haven't heard anything, and it's been eight. So yeah, I he- I heard he was like pretty nasty. Like yeah, I, I heard, <laughs> yeah, I heard I heard, he, I heard he tore his sack. That's what I heard. No, uh, no, that's no, okay. I'm only, I'm, only, I'm only kidding. All right, well, I'm, you know how Twitter I'm, gets sometimes. I'm only kidding, but I mean, obviously, this groin surgery is no joke, and it's like he would be a guy that would be really sweet to have in the locker room right now that just kind of settled these kids down and said, hey, listen, this shit, this type of shit's going to happen. Let's get back yeah. to our game and go out there and kind of be a guy that leads by example who can play a kind of a heavy game and be yeah. along the boards and get a couple couple dirty goals when some of your speed and your skill aren't getting it done. So yeah. um, it is. It's going to it's gonna be like you're getting like a trade deadline piece when he comes back. Or, you know, hopefully he's going to come back before that. But I hope so. You know what I'm saying? I agree. He's, he's going to be a nice... A nice injection to the lineup for sure. Absolutely. Um, what about? Are you a World Juniors guy? Not really. So I spend so much of my time on the Devils and on Twitter and all that good stuff that I've made the conscious decision that I really am. I don't pay attention to a lot of prospects before they're drafted. Like once once they're on, you know, once the Devils have drafted them and they're a Devils prospect, you know, playing in juniors, I'll pay attention to them, but. I really, really don't pay attention to prospects or, you know, teenage tournaments, whatever. I, I really just don't have the time or energy. I, so much of my time and energy goes into what I already do. And <laughs> I, I have a full-time job, believe it or not. <laughs> so, you know, um, I already spend all of my free time it, on the devil. It, so it's a, it's a real sickness. It, it really is. is. I mean, <laughs> it is 100%. I, I got, I got three kids, dude, and it's like yeah. a full-time job, and it's like I'll be like I'll be like home, it'll be like eleven o'clock, I'll be laying in bed, I'll have like you know some like junior tournament on. My wife's like, dude, what's wrong with <laughs> this you? is enough. I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm like I, I can't even defend myself at that point. Yeah, yeah, no. So I, how how did you how did you get into the Devils? Like, what when did you start watching the Devils? Did you have a favorite player or? Yeah, uh, so I mean, I I got in very early as a kid simply because my dad used to get tickets through his company uh, at the time and what's funny is my dad doesn't even like hockey he's been to probably you know 50 plus games and he still doesn't fully even understand all the rules like he's just not a hockey guy and that's fine but his, his old company when i was a little kid used to get really really nice seats at the uh, continental airlines arena and you know he, he's he's a live event guy even though he's not a hockey guy so sure. when he would get offered the tickets he'd be like oh i can bring my son sure let's do it so he used to take me to games all the time and uh you know i fell in love with it <laughs> way more than him so he's like the secondary fan here um but i think my first game ever uh you know, they did the t-shirt toss and that was back when, uh, the journalists sat in the lower bowl. They had the press section down low. Yeah. And I used to have season tickets like right there. Oh really? Well, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> maybe we crossed paths, but, uh, we, uh, you know, I was going nuts cause I wanted a t-shirt and one of the journalists behind us was just like, you know, tapped my dad on the shoulder and was just like, Hey, like they're never going to throw a t-shirt over here. Like we have our computers here whatever. Like they're not going to hit us. Um, so he hands my dad a program and he's like, here, like give this to your kid. Like that'll make him happy. I mean, I was like five years old. Yep. So I open up the program and I was just like, I'm going to pick the funniest looking player to be my favorite. Cause you know, uh, I mean less, less now, but more so than, uh, none of them had teeth. They all like straight up, like every picture in the, in the program, like they had no teeth. So I, I picked a guy who had the funniest looking teeth and I was like, all right, that's my guy. That's my favorite player. That's who I'm rolling with. And it was Patrick Eliash. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty, that's a pretty lucky pick. Yeah. No, I literally pointed him out when I was five years old and he was my favorite player for the next like 15 years. And so it, it happened totally by accident. But, you know, as I went to games, 
and saw him play, I was like, oh yeah, no, this actually is my favorite anyway. Um, and it's a big reason why Jesper Bratt became my favorite player now is because I think, you know, as a, as a crafty winger, they have a lot of similarities. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we started going games way back in the day and we used to sit exactly where you were saying by the old press boxes, the white boxes like yeah. in, in Continental Airlines arena and me and my dad and my brother were just like so into it. And, um, yeah, you know who my, my dad always compared, he, he thinks Jesper Bratt reminds him of like, a Scott Gomez because he yeah. can carry the puck through the neutral zone so well. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's another good comparison. Yeah, yeah, and like growing up for me, Scott Stevens, like he was just like he was a maniac, but he was such like a man amongst boys to where he was not playing around every single night. That dude brought it like it was it was intense, but um yeah. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, do you have do you have a favorite player that's not on the Devils? Um I know this is like kind of uh I, so, <laughs> one thing I hate when people do is that pick like the most popular player, or you know, like the true, true best player. So like that's another reason I picked Jesper Bratt is because like you know Jack Hughes is the obvious answer, so I like to go with the less one. So I I almost like don't like giving this answer out because it's such an obvious one. But I think Kale McCarr is like. I, I love him so much. I love the way he plays, I, the, the, his edge work, his you know the things he can do with a puck, man. I think he is like, you know, I, I don't want to say the best player in the world because people are gonna be like, oh, I thought Jesper Bratt was the best player in the NHL, but um, Kale McCarr, if, if he was a devil man, and you know, don't want to bring up 2017 draft drama, but I I, I love him so much. I, I could, I mean. Anybody that is a real hockey fan that doesn't love Cal McCarr does not know what they're looking at. Absolutely. Like, he is insane and in the way that he can dance along the blue line and not only like play well, obviously jump into the play and play well offensively, he's a good defenseman too, which is like so rare to see. Like yeah. he's he is the definition of what the modern defenseman will be moving forward. And Absolutely. It's funny. It's funny because um, I'm kind of the same way. Like, I don't like always – I don't like picking the most – and it's funny because Scott Stevens is my favorite. <laughs> I, I don't like picking – I don't like picking the most popular person or the most talented player either. And that's why everybody's, like, super stoked about Luke Hughes joining the team. And I am too because the kid's going to be amazing. Right. There's no doubt about it and the way he skates and the vision and creativity and the whole shebang. But I'm, like, kind of really high on – Simone Nemitz because I think he's going to fly under the radar a little bit being a foreign kid yeah. and um, he's not as flashy but I'm telling you this kid can skate so smoothly right. and he has this patience about him to where as an 18 year old who's just coming over to North American ice and like guys are on you really quick he holds on to the puck a lot longer than a typical 18-year-old would. And right. Tom Fitzgerald had this great quote where he said, the kid plays defense in a rocking chair. Like, he <laughs> never looks like he is flustered and yeah. takes his time and he lets the play – he opens up play, plays develop in front of him, and he's able to, you know, hit players in stride. I'm really, really excited. And he's big. He's like six one, like 200-and-something pounds already. I'm – I can't wait until both of these kids join our back end. I mean, yeah. that is going to make a huge difference for us. And it's funny that we say he's going to fly under the radar as a second overall pick. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But you see, like, Luke Hughes is like, you know, he's the, the guy. American, yeah, he's the guy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, he's the guy. He's Jack's brother. And he's like, the guy. The guy behind the guy. Right? <laughs> when, like, <laughs> when you say you know a guy, that's the guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's the guy. It's Luke. Hey, you know, Uncle Luke. Uh, so, so I'm a... Uh, my favorite player who doesn't play on the Devils is, and this is so cliche too, Patrice Bergeron. Oh, that's a good one, though. Pa Patrice Bergeron is, I think they should name the Selkie after Patrice Bergeron. I think they will, honestly. That's how good of a player he is. I mean, he, I, I truly believe that he is a generational player. Like, you know, they... Team Canada literally moved Sidney Crosby to wing yeah. so that Patrice Bergeron could play center. Like, And Sidney Crosby's, like... As far as all-time greats go, he's a pretty damn good two-way center, too. Right. He plays good in his own zone. This isn't... Like, I mean, we're talking about, like, a top-ten player all-time here. <laughs> exactly. And, like, Bergeron is just so, like, stoic, and he just... 
he just does everything right. You never hear a word out of the guy. Right. And it's like every kid that comes into the league that's like, oh, I want to be a 200-foot player, Patrice Bergeron, and that's who Dawson Mercer said was like his biggest inspiration and his biggest idol, and it's like – yeah. It, it's going to be sad when that guy stops playing hockey because he plays the game the right way. I agree. That's a great choice. Yeah. yeah. So, um, do you have uh, real quick? Do you have a, a most hated player in the league? Not really. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't really hate a lot of guys, and I think a lot of the guys who are commonly most hated, um, they try to be, and I think. It's it's a lot like WWE wrestling, you know, when you get the yeah, heels like that are like, heel. yeah, 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 it's like when you try to be hated and you are hated, you're actually just doing a good job, you know, like, right. so I, I respect that. I don't hate that. So you're, you're putting too much effort into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, you know who I hate? I hate Jordan Binghamton. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, I changed my answer to that. That guy is an absolute scumbag. <laughs> that guy is such a douchebag and he wouldn't be such a tough guy if he wasn't a goalie. And that's what really pisses me off. He hides behind it. If you want to swing your stick at people and run your mouth and go over to other people's bench like, and be a player who's on the ice, who's willing to throw down, by all means. But don't do it as a goalie and just hide behind being the goalie of the team. It's like when your own coach is calling you out, you're a problem. Yeah, that was that was absurd. Good for that coach, though. Yeah, Craig Ruby. And Craig Ruby, he he knows what it means to be a tough guy, too. So he's he read right through them. But Absolutely. Yeah, man. I don't know. I just wanted to have you on. I'm, I'm really thankful that you were able to come on. And oh, dude, I, like, thank you. I really, yeah, no. And it's it's great running into you at games and stuff. And you could tell you're 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 good people. Like, <laughs> thank we you. We haven't had a t- we haven't had a ton of conversations, but you're normal, good people. We almost had to beat up a guy at a flyer. Game. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I get fired up. So don't you know? I'm a, I'm a passionate fan, as 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 Lindy Ruff would say. Yeah. But, um, yeah. That guy was out of line. Oh, he was so out of line. And uh, we don't have to get super into it. But, you know, if you're going to be an away fan, there's a certain level of you don't have to be respectful of the to the point where you can't cheer for your team. And, you know, like they score a goal, go nuts, have fun, high five the people around you. You know, uh, if a chant starts out that's, you know, let's go my team, like participate, you know. Yeah, there's that's being a fan that's cheering on your team. When you start being like disrespectful to the people around you and you're an away fan and you're like specifically like engaging like individuals looking for a problem. Yeah, that's you <laughs> you got to get out of here, bud. Yeah. But um but yeah, man, it, it's it's been great hanging and um and your buddies that we've met with you over the they all seem like really good people too and I want to thank, thank you that you definitely bring some lightheartedness and you've brought yeah. a lot of fun and you've brought a lot of um you got a lot of eyes checking out the devils and and you've been a major part of it and i really respect the way that you've handled yourself the entire uh this entire season well, thank you i appreciate that keep up keep up the good work <laughs> and if there's ever anything that uh, yeah that i can do for you please don't hesitate to reach out but um yeah we'll hit a yeah, game man, together I'm, soon yeah i'm going so i got my i got my my family coming in for the holidays so we're going to be going to the to the boston games um and then i'll be at new year's day too so devils have a rough uh a rough stretch ahead of them they get uh so they got florida tonight they got two games versus boston they get pittsburgh yeah. and they get carolina so these are all teams that have been on fire the rangers have won like I think it's like seven of their last eight. Pittsburgh's on fire. They've won like uh, seven in a row or something like that. So, or they lost last night, I think. But um, the Metro's getting tight, and yeah. you knew you, you knew that this was going to happen. Um, and it's going to be really exciting going down the stretch because every game is going to. All these games are four point games, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. It should get really uh it should get really interesting but for sure uh brat pack i want to i just want to say thank you and uh, i hope you and your family have a nice holiday season oh you too man and yeah and from uh from the trap this is billy botch and i'm signing off peace Sometimes I-